Welcome to the Real Estate Mindset Podcast, hosted by Eric Nelson and brought to you by Wild Oak Capital. Eric is a real estate investor, business owner, and performance coach. Throughout this series, Eric explores the mindset behind why certain investors are so successful and how we can learn from their achievements and failures. Eric asks the tough questions around the habits, discipline, mindset, and more required to achieve the most ambitious goals. Thank you for being here and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Real Estate Mindset Podcast. I am your guest host today, Ben Nelson. We've got a great guest today. His name is Murad Fiki of Fiki Properties out of Houston, Texas. Works in the real estate space, specifically in the luxury real estate space. He is an investor himself. He's got a lot of really interesting insights as far as success and what the future looks like and a really interesting look into the real estate space in Houston. So with that, we will bring in Murad. Murad, welcome in, man. It's great to talk to you. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. your time. No, we're excited to have you, man. So would love to talk. We talked a little bit before the show, but would love to just start, you know, give us a little bit of intro. Who are you? How did you get into the real estate game? What's your history? And we can go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, Murad Fiki, I'm huge on social media. I built a, a big following over the last 10 years. I love putting out powerful content, real estate related content. I do focus on the luxury residential a real estate sector here in Houston, Texas. And my aim is to showcase the best homes in Houston, Texas, period. Awesome. Well, how did you get into that? Are you from Houston? Where, what's your what's your background? Yeah. yeah, I'm from Houston. I was raised here, uh, went to school out here. And, you know, besides my time on active duty in the military, I've pretty much lived in Houston my entire life. Sounds good. What, what branch of the military were you in? I was in the Marines and the Navy. No big deal. Right on. Well, how did you jump into real estate? Give us a little bit of background here. So you were in the service and you got out. Were you actively investing? Were you looking at real estate when you were in the service? Is that something you kind of thought about or is it you got out? The greatest wealth creator during the last, I don't know, 10,000 years has been real estate. And really like 10,000 years, like they they used to fight wars over land, you know? And conquer, they wanted to conquer other nations, other tribes over land. So land and real estate has been the greatest wealth creator um, over the last, you know, 10,000 years. When I was in college, I would read all of Donald Trump's books way before he ran for office, The Art of the Deal, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's books on Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and also real estate investing. And I just wanted to learn how, how do you, you know, create wealth from real estate? Sure. And so I was so interested in real estate. I mean, I got my real estate license because they were going to teach me how to create wealth through real estate, which the answer is no. In real estate license school, you don't learn anything except how to be a realtor. You don't right. even really learn how to be a realtor. You just learn like contracts and basics. You got to figure that out. Right. But I, I wanted to get into real estate sales. I went to the U.S. Navy after, right after I got my license. So I didn't have a chance to practice real estate, but I knew it was something I could always fall back on if I didn't make a career out of the military, which I went through reduction in force when President Obama cut the military down. Uh, I was a part of that. And then I came back to Houston and then dove head in to real estate. And it's been an incredible ride since. Right on. So choosing the, the luxury real estate, you mentioned that. How did, As far as choosing your niche and something we talk about a lot, is like niching down, finding your path, finding your people, 
who you're talking to. How did you create that that community and how did you get into that niche? I love luxury residential real estate. I think there's such a swag and a finesse and just something beautiful about these incredible properties. And so, you know, I was focused on that. My my wife, who was my fiance at the time, she used to watch a show called Million Dollar Listing. And when I was in the Navy, I was transitioning out. She said, you got to see this show, you know, on Bravo. And I was like, okay. So I checked it out. I'd never heard of the show. I checked it out. She's like, you could totally do that. You know, and so I was like, you know, I got my real estate license, right? She's like, what? Like, really? Like, yeah, I just got to activate it. I mean, I did all the classes, I passed the exams. And so that's kind of how I went in feet first. Um, You know, coming out of the military, transitioning into corporate America is very difficult because, you know, I was in the strike fighter pipeline in flight school, naval flight training. How does that apply to the corporate world, you know? So they're like, oh, hey, thank you for your service. You know, we really have no use for you, but the next company will surely hire you because you've got all this military service. But when you got a bunch of companies saying the same thing, and I was like, you know, I want to go into business for myself. Little did I know that building a business is the most difficult thing I would ever do in my life, including more difficult than the military, I would say. Sure. So you did the show turned you on to this this niche. So you talk a lot about content creation that you're you're huge on social media. Let's think of that. So how did you start that? And if you can give, you know, a little bit of insight and some tips on, you know, how you built your community and what that means to build the community and grow a following for this. Yeah, I learned a ton from Grant Cardone and Gary Vee and a lot of these social media influencers on building a brand, building a viable brand where people look to and I can get known. I can use social media to my advantage and get known. You know, I can put out one post, one message that will reach hundreds of thousands of people at one time, as opposed to making one-on-one phone calls. Not saying you shouldn't make one-on-one phone calls. Uh, Definitely real estate is a contact sport. So you need to talk to people and make contacts. But social media is a way I can reach many people at one time. And I've learned that early on it, but it takes dedication. Yeah. So let's dig into that a little bit. So building your brand and building this. So when you said you talked about Gary Vee, you talked about Grant Cardone, and they're obviously huge and they have really powerful messages. How did you decide on the brand you were going for? And do you post on all your channels or excuse me, across all platforms? Do you have some specific platforms? Like as far as giving some tips, say I'm jumping into this game, right? I'm talking to you and say, I'm really interested in becoming a luxury real estate investor or a luxury real estate realtor. I don't know anything. Walk me through the steps that you went through to build your brand. Yeah. So there's a million and one ways you can get business and get leads. And so you don't need to be a master at all of them or do all of them. You need to pick three to five methods that you like to get business. Some people will not do video for the life of them because they're just, they don't like the way they look on video, don't like the way they sound. They're too critical on themselves. And so they don't want to do video. Well, then you need to make phone calls or you need to door knock or you need to do open houses or, you know, there's so many different ways. I prefer social media because I feel like I can talk to my audience in a seamless way and reach them on a daily basis very easily. So, but, but I've been committed to that. So it doesn't happen overnight. So that's really, you know, I I would say you, you pick what you like to do, but then stick to it and you got to nail down hard and do it over and over and over and over you know, success doesn't come to somebody who does something one time and then just thinks everything is going to fall on their face. Sure. 
So you picked social. Did you start on across all the platforms or how did you get going? Oh yeah. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm on TikTok, uh, YouTube. So, you know, I tell people like they want to connect with me on social media, pick the platform that you like and let's connect there. Cause I'm on all of them. And yeah, it's, it is it work posting on all these platforms every day. Of course it is. Anything that's worth of any value is going to be work. Yeah. So everyone's looking for the magic pill. The magic pill is get, roll your sleeves up and grind, put in the work and stop whimpering. That's the magic pill. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's actually funny you say that because I was reading, um, been doing a bunch of stuff with ClickFunnels lately lately, and Russell Brunson in one of his books, he has this kind of paragraph I was reading last night and it hit me. He's like, podcasters listen to podcasts and people on YouTube watch YouTube. People on Instagram are on Instagram. It was such a, a mind shift. And obviously it's incredibly obvious, but if you want to talk to people who are on Instagram, go on Instagram, like stop trying to bring people from Instagram to your podcast. Just stop trying to go fish over here and try to bring them to you. Go fish where the fish are and yeah. purposely be in that space. So to your yeah. point, like if you, if you're really good at face-to-face communication, you're not so good on social media. Like, what does that actually look like? What is that open houses? Is that, you know, having coffees, like opening up, doing some teaching seminars in your, in your neighborhood or like doing a meetup. And that's been really successful for us too. So I think for, you know, I, we host a meetup, my brother, Eric hosts a meetup. We have this combination of like online, but in person is really where we shine. So digging into that. So do you have a team that you work with? Is that, what does your team look like for you guys? We have a small team right now to me and my wife and, you know, we're growing. So we're adding team members. We're looking for some dedicated agents who are going to have what it takes. who are willing to do whatever it takes to become successful. And that's what we're looking for. Sure. What does that look like? What does that mean? What it, what it takes to be successful? What does success look like for you? We're willing to roll up your sleeves, make phone calls, Go meet people for lunch. Who are you meeting for lunch? Who are you meeting for dinner? Who are you meeting for happy hour? You know, real estate is a contact sport. So you've got to get out there. You've got to make contacts. You've got to get known. You've got to ask for referrals. And so, you know, a ton of agents, you know, 5% of all the agents in Houston, there's 45,000 real estate agents. 5% of them are doing like 95% of all the deals. And 95% of agents are doing zero or one transaction per year. Right. You know, because they, they just... You know, they don't get it. You got to get out there. You got to get known. Secret agents are broke agents. Right. Well, I think that goes for a lot in real estate, right? Like 95% of, of the transactions are being made by about 5% of the people who are willing to push. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot. And we, we're fortunate that we have a great team and we have some really diverse people. But to your point, like bringing people in that complement you, that are willing to do the work, that are doing the things that you need to do to progress so with your team and looking forward, like how, what are you building your team around? Have you built it around like mission, vision, values? Is it a traction system? Have you, have you dug into that yet on how you want to build your team out? I mean, we're just looking for people who are dedicated, who are good people that we can coach into greatness. And, and that's really what I'm looking for is, you know, I don't need somebody who has everything mapped out already. Otherwise, why do they need me? But I need somebody who is dedicated and willing to do whatever it takes. You know, we're going to get a call to go show a house and boom, they can head over there on a moment's notice. That's what real estate is. We have to be available for the clients, you know, and I'm not saying you don't have a personal life. We definitely, you know, I'm big on family life, but you've got to be available. You might have to go show some properties on Saturday and Sunday. You might have to work on evenings, you know, so I want someone who prefers success over a lack of success and is willing to willing to go the extra mile for the client. So let's I'll ask you one more time. So what is what does success look like to you? So we talked about, you know, the work and the work ethic and being able to put it in. But what is what is success? Like define that. 
success is reaching new heights that you've never done before in your life. So if, if someone, and like I talked to a lot of real estate agents, they've never made six figures before. And in all honesty, this job right here is commission-based. There's no benefits. There's no 401k. There's no health, medical, dental. So if you're not making at least six figures, it's not worth it. If you're not going to make six figures, then go get a corporate job, make your 75000 a year and all the benefits that come with it, which are worth well of excess of six figures, right? right. So that's what I tell people, like in this job, you have to want it and at least be making six figures. So success is if someone who's never made six figures, they believe in themselves, they're willing to do what it takes, and then they hit that six figure mark. You know, and then, okay, now what can we do next year? Let's let's build upon that. Let's double our business. It's been my goal to double my business every year. And I haven't done that before. And so like my first goal was let me hit six figures. Then let me hit, you know, 250,000 in GCI. Let me hit 500,000 in GCI. And that's, and GCI meaning gross commission income. To me, that success is achieving new heights that you've never done before. Believing in yourself, but also willing to do what it takes. As long as it's honest, ethical, and responsible, willing to do whatever it takes to achieve that success. Sure. So in, in your game, what are you seeing are the biggest pinch points now? We're recording this in March 2023. The landscape now is dramatically different than it was six to eight months ago. What are you seeing as the pinch points and the pain points? And, and how are you helping solve those for your clients? Well, you know, sellers are having to be a lot more honest about their pricing. A year ago, year and a half ago, everyone was getting 15 to 20% markup on the true value of their homes. Home values were rising 10, 15, even 20% annually. And that's crazy. I mean, that's unsustainable. You know, real estate generally rises 1% to 5% year over year. Of course, there's other circumstances where it rises more. But to just expect that and on every single property, the, the ultra low interest rates were fueling that. And anyone could get a real estate license and sell houses because you didn't have to have talent. You didn't have to have experience. You just put the house on the market. They would sell themselves. Right. So now with the interest rates rising, it's starting to stabilize the market a little bit. You've got to be honest about pricing. There's going to be a ton of realtors who don't make it. And that's because, like I said, the ones who... We're barely getting by in the hottest markets we've ever seen in our lifetimes. They're not going to make it unless they change their strategies and really commit to greatness, unless they really want this. Right. You know? So I'm going to see a ton of agents not make it, a ton of licenses quit. The, the National Association of Realtors, they put something out where they're expecting about 1.4 million realtors to quit this year. And that's expected. In market downturns, it's expected. Now, do I think this is a downturn? Not really. I think the market is stabilizing. I think it's going back to where it would be in a normal situation. Right. And so you got to be honest about pricing. And, and you know what? People who are saying, oh, I'm going to wait till interest rates come back down. Like 5 and 6% is about normal. So coming back down to 2%, 3%, that's a free loan. I, I don't think that it's ever going to come back down to 2 or 3%, not in our lifetime. We say the same thing, right? If you're waiting for that, you may be waiting a very, very long time. You're waiting forever. And then you're not yeah. investing and you're not, you know what? A great deal is a great investment no matter what. So if you have a great deal, you have a great flip property, the margin is built in there, or you have some great rentals, you got a great apartment deal that you can look at, then it should make sense. You know, it, it should make sense anyways. It doesn't matter if the market tightens up a little bit. Well, and it comes to that. So the margin between the asking price 
the true price and where money is being lent at right now, that's the stabilization, right? It's like nobody can just ask for it. Cause yeah, you can ask for the moon when money's free or less than free. Like you're basically getting yeah. paid to get a loan in certain cases over the spread. Yeah. So that's, that is super interesting. So are you, you're seeing that in, in Houston as well. Tell us a little bit about your market, about what you're seeing and the trends you're seeing in Houston. It's right still now. a great market. You know, January and February were a little slow, but March is picking up. Buyers are coming back out. Spring is usually when the ignition just hits because people want to move in the summertime. You're starting to get prepared. They, you know, especially families that are trying to get into certain schools, they they want to move before summer or during summer. That being said, homes sell year round, but in March things start generally picking up. So, you know, interest rates are in five to six percent range. It's it's not crazy. It's actually a pretty normal market. There's only been two times during the last hundred years that rates have been below six percent, and we were just in the one of those times. Right. So. You know, I would just say if you're thinking about moving, you know, the best time to invest is always, you know, always invest. The greatest investors invest in up markets, down markets, and sideways markets, but they know how to invest. Right on. So do you deal with a lot of investors? You you work with investors? Oh, yeah. Right on. Absolutely. I'm a member of the Houston Real Estate Investor Association. I work with a lot of investors. I'm an investor myself. I've invested in fix and flips, multifamily, you know, it just really depends what am I looking for, but you know, a ton of investors, they fix up their properties. They need to sell them. And I sell them fast. So right that way they can take out that equity and put it somewhere else. That's the move, man. So tell us a little bit about investing. So this is really interesting. So a lot of times when we work with people, whether it be brokers, whether it be realtors, the ones that we want to work with are investors themselves, the people that actually speak the language and have felt you know, the highs and the lows of what it looks like to invest. So you might tell them just a little bit, most of our listeners are interested in the investing space. Tell us a little yeah. bit about what you have invested in, what you are looking to invest in in the future. I do flips. I've done some wholesaling. Wholesaling meaning I'm assigning my contract. I get a property. It needs a ton of work. And you know, maybe I don't want to do all that work or I just don't have time for it. I can assign it to another investor for a fee. And you know, because I found a deal. And as long as the deal makes sense, investors happy to pay that fee. And so that's wholesaling. Fix and flipping means I'm going to do the deal myself. I'm going to fix it up, hire the contractors, get them to work on the property. And when it's done, there should be an added value component to where I sell for a profit, you know, for my time and risk. And so I've done those. Those are great. Both of those instances are great cash flow strategies, although both of them take time and dedication. So you got to put time into it. But that being said, they're great cash flow strategies. Now, where do you put the cash? You know, the, the best investment that I've found for long-term wealth creation is multifamily, where I can put cash into a, a multifamily cash flowing asset that pays us every single month. And over the course of, you know, whatever the whole period is, could be three to 10 years or longer. It just really depends. Whatever that whole period is, I expect to, you know, double, triple, et cetera, you know, make a certain return on that, on those funds. And plus the tax advantages. There's no asset class in the world, or at least in the United States, that has better tax advantages than multifamily apartment investing. Speaking of my language, man, we talk about this all the time. So how many properties do you, you currently hold, if you don't mind me asking, as far as multifamily is concerned? Well, I'm a, I'm a member of eight different syndications. Syndication okay. means we're buying at 200 units, 500 units, and maybe the purchase price is $25 million. So we put together a group of investors to raise the capital to put down, and then we'll get debt on the rest. Certainly. And so it, collectively, we own the asset. Yeah. Are you a GP on that side or LP? Or are you, are you working? I've been on an LP. My next step is to be a GP, but I've been LP on all of these. Sounds limited good. partner, which is a limited yeah. partner. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we GP most of our deals as well. We are on the LP side and GP and we, we like being in LP side with a lot of other folks too, and learning from there's some, to your point, syndication is much like the realtor space. There's a lot of people who are very capable and very smart when the money was cheap. And I think the next couple of years are going to really determine what that market looks like and oh, yeah. where that goes for sure. And you might be able to get some of these great assets at discounted prices. I think there's a lot. I mean, we all know that there's an enormous volume of debt coming due in the very near term, and we'll see how that shakes out. But I tend to believe that the next couple of years are going to be an enormous buying opportunity. Yeah. Um, and really going to make I sense agree. to a lot of people. Do you think the same thing is going to happen in the luxury real estate space? You know, I don't really think so. A lot of the luxury real estate owners are affluent, they're wealthy, they have, and, and their real estate is an asset. Sure. So, Unless in certain instances where someone has to liquidate quickly, that's usually where you find the great deals. A lot of these assets, you know, they're not making more land. So a lot of these properties are in great areas like Memorial, River Oaks, and they're, they have a, a, a great value to them. So, you know, the right buyers come along. And unless you're in a distressed situation, I don't see them being deeply discounted. Sure. It's just interesting to see what space over space and time over time, what we're seeing into these markets. Yeah. Well, cool. We'll shift gears a little bit and, and kind of talk about a little bit more of the mindset component of this. So some things we actually, we ask of every guest each time is, do you have a morning routine? Is there something that you lean on every single day? Yeah. I like to read every morning. I like to, you know, get a workout in. I like to read. I like to, you know, fill my mind with positivity and really prepare for the day ahead and think about the opportunities and not the lack of opportunities. Certainly. Yeah. Well, you mentioned books and you talked about, you know, Gary Vee and Grant Cardone and Robert Kiyosaki. Is there any other books that have kind of caught your eye or something that you come back to or find yourself coming back to? The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone is a great one. If you haven't read that, I would say go pick it up today. Uh, 10X Rule, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is a great one. The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene is a great book. What else am I reading right now? Tony Robbins has some good ones, Unlimited Power, and just you know things that are going to get you thinking in the right direction. Sure. So getting into this and really starting, and you're talking about you know leaning on Gary Vee and, and Grant Cardone, have you ever used any coaching? Who's your mentor? Or what's your mentor program? Like getting into this space, is there anybody that you count as a mentor or a coach? Oh, yeah. Grant Cardone, for sure. Grant Cardone is like Superman. You know, that guy keeps going and never quits. And so, yeah, I've been a huge follower of Grant Cardone. Eric Thomas is great. Tony Robbins is great. You know, Joel Osteen is great. So, yeah, I, I love, you know, positive thinking and believing in your possibilities. And what can you do that you've never done before? Where can you go that we've never gone before? Sure. And Grant Cardone is a huge multifamily apartment investor. I mean, I've learned so much from him. He probably introduced me to the space. Yeah. No, he's got a lot of, I mean, to talk about social media, the following that guy carries yeah. is pretty outstanding. So we also like to talk about mistakes, you know, stumbling blocks, things that, you, you know, you go through as you're learning and as you're growing. Can you point out like, what's the biggest mistake you made or, or a significant mistake that you learned from? And what was the lesson that you learned from that? Well, you know, I, when I was in my 20s, I bought a restaurant, a pizza parlor with a friend of mine. It was a huge mistake because... I signed all the debt to to buy it and he he had no skin in the game you know the the idea was I was the investor and he was going to run it because he had experience run, running restaurants but big lesson learned is you can't go into business with someone who has nothing to lose you know if they're not putting up half the money if we're 50-50 partners they should put up half the money you know that way if this business collapses it hurts you too you know 
And and you can't just walk away and say, well, it didn't work, you know, which is kind of what happened. I got left holding the bag. It was a great lesson to me. And that's the thing. If I'm putting up all the money or credit in this case, but, you know, it was still my name on the line. If I'm putting up all the money, then I just hire a manager. You know, it's not there's no partnership there. They have nothing to lose. And so that was a huge lesson learned for me and a, a valuable lesson. And, you know, you probably don't want to get in business with your friends. You want to get in business with the right people. Absolutely. Well, cool. So the last one we have here is that we talked a little bit about success and kind of talking through that and a little bit of your definition of success. But if someone were to ask you why you are successful, what would you say? It's a great question because I still don't feel successful. I feel like I just got started. I feel like I haven't even gotten close to my potential. So I, I'm still going after success and greatness. I mean, success is freedom, freedom to do what you want, when you want, and your business still operates with or without you. That's a true business. Agreed. And so I'm still searching for the profound success. Right on. Well, we wish you the best of luck, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do. I feel the same. And I really enjoy having conversations with people who feel like I'm just getting started. Like I'm just getting my feet underneath me. We got a long way to go. So yeah. how can people learn more about you? Where can people connect with you? And how can our listeners serve you? Yeah, thanks for the time to talk to your audience. I really appreciate it. I love to keep the conversation going. I am on every social media platform. So let's connect on your favorite platform, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. I'm on TikTok. HoustonLuxuryRealEstate.com, which I'll add is the premier website for luxury homes in Houston, Texas. You can hit me up there or on any social media platform. I'd love to connect with you and I appreciate your time and your inspiration. Thank you. Right on. We really appreciate the conversation, man. And we'll, uh, we'll put all your information in the show notes and make sure everybody can get at you. Yeah, appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for your time. Take care, man. What an awesome interview. Murad's got a ton of energy. If you're not watching this uh, on YouTube or you're not watching the video, I'd highly suggest you go back. He's just a really energetic guy and, and a huge go-getter. Obviously, a huge fan of, of uh, what Grant Cardone's going. He's got a, a lot of that same energy. So thank you to Murad. Please reach out to him if you have any interest in, in uh, Houston properties. And with that, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Mindset Podcast. If you've enjoyed the content today, please follow this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to head over to wildoakcapital.com for more information or to connect with Eric directly. Please take a moment to leave a review or tell a friend about what you've listened to today. We hope you'll tune in again soon.